You're listening to the Social Spectrum Podcast with Gina Galliotto. Here we prove that success on social media and in entrepreneurship is not one size fits all and discuss thriving online through the lens of different personality types, lifestyles, and neurodiversity. Success lives on a spectrum, so your impossible search for the one right way to grow your online business ends here. On the Social Spectrum Podcast, we'll unfold your right way instead. Let's dive in. There's a lot of talk about toxic hustle culture these days. And I think most of us like picture toxic hustle culture around our career, glamorizing, making our career our entire life and working to the point of toxicity, essentially. But something that I don't see discussed much, if at all, is that toxic hustle culture doesn't have to be related to your career. What happens when your relationship with self-growth overall becomes toxic? So that's the conversation that we're going to dive into today. And I have my friend Aurora Chase with me to share more about this concept and how we can become more present as women and creators. So hi, Aurora. Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Of course, I was dying to have you. We were actually just talking about this before we officially started, but Aurora and I are very familiar with each other. And Aurora even though she's based in a seaside town in France, which is so beautiful. I'm always so jealous every time I see your stories there. And I am based in Texas. So we're thousands and thousands of miles apart most of the time, unless you're traveling. And not only did we still connect through social media, but we also had the opportunity to meet in person, which was incredible. And that was a part of a program that we were both in. And we instantly connected there during that program. And ever since, we've stayed connected. So I know Aurora very well. But for those of you who are listening who don't know Aurora quite as well as I do, Aurora, can you share just a little bit more about yourself and your mission before we get started? Yeah, definitely. And I'm really glad to be here. I've been sharing since, like, I feel like forever on on social media, but through everything I went through and my experiences. Um, I love to share my intentional life. I think we definitely live in a very fast-paced world and mm-hmm. I like to make just life a little bit softer and, and slower for everyone around me and my mission with everything I do, whether it's on social media, on the post, in my stories, everywhere that I share is to help women just reconnect with themselves. But yeah, I really enjoy sharing that part of my lifestyle with with everyone around me and hoping this inspire people not to do what I do, but to find what feels good for them. Yeah, I love that, especially that very last sentence. Like that's really good. I genuinely couldn't think of a better person to do that because like, I mean, even thinking back to the mastermind, I was really, really nervous, like among all of the women there. And even though you were probably nervous too, and I know you were because we talked about it, um, you were still just such a comforting presence. And like, I think that you're just the perfect person for this job to help women just get back in touch with themselves and realize that it's not about constantly self-improving and kind of putting yourself in a box that way. So before we kind of get into the core concept of this. I would love to know like when you started creating content, when did you first get on socials and why you started posting on social media? Yeah. So I think for me, it actually started with YouTube. Um, I think I was like 
15 or 16 at the time and I was oh watching, I didn't know <laughs> yeah well, I love I was that. Mo- mostly watching you know girls doing videos on, on YouTube whether it was like beauty holes it was really girly at the time like candles <laughs> and, and, and clothes and all of that and I was watching them all the time and I felt to create something on my own like they were doing but at the time I was still learning a lot of English because my first language is French Mm -hmm. and so I was a little bit worried to do that and really anxious and so I remember at the time one of the girls mentioned Instagram Mm -hmm. uh, you know throughout one of her videos and I went check it and started an account and that's when I realized that I could actually share and be creative but mm-hmm. through photos and and words and that mm-hmm. felt way better yeah <laughs> so that's when I started to share my travels and my experiences whether it was in France or just around the world mm-hmm. um, I always loved photography so that was perfect for me and it quickly also became a really like a safe space for me mm-hmm. I remember at the time it was challenging for me to find my place in the world and to find my people and my tribe it was not something I was comfortable with in the real world and so when I saw that you know through what I was posting on social media I was able to connect with people who were like resonating with my energy and with my vibe and it was absolutely magical (laughs) so that's when I started to post uh, more and more and I ended up pivoting uh, to sharing more of my wellness and spiritual journey and, you know, naturally starting to share more about what made me feel good, like my everyday practices and my meditation and my beauty products and clothes and everything basically that I enjoyed in, you know, in a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And that's when I also started to get more serious into content creation because I realized that other people were actually doing partnership with amazing brands and they were earning a full income from it. And that's when I realized I could do something with it and just Mm -hmm. like, it could be more than just my safe space. 100%. Yeah. It's such huge opportunity. And you touched on this in the beginning, but people underestimate the confidence that finding your people online ends up giving you in the long run. Like you said, you were timid to even start at first, but then now you're like turning it into your career. And so it's truly the pivot can happen. It's just about getting started. That's what I love about it. So speaking a little bit of monetization, you are also working with some women to help them manage their business as well. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So as far as getting started in that and maybe juggling it with content creation, how would you say the journey was, you know, shifting into helping other women and then maybe the biggest struggles juggling your own business and helping other women manage their own businesses as well? Yeah, so it actually more started as an opportunity than a decision to get into social media management. Okay. Um, I remember the first time that I, you know, helped someone else with their social media account was when I went back to my parents and I was actually wanting to save up money to travel. I left Paris after studying and working there for a while. I needed an escape and I found a job like a, in a small and local company. And mm-hmm. at the time we were just talking about the booming of social media and they realized that it was actually impacting their company as well as small or local we could be. Right. And so uh, one conversation led to another 
And I mentioned my social media account and they mentioned the fact that they would love to have a presence online. And so that's, it naturally became like part of my daily task, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's the first time I tiptoed into social media (laughs) management. Then I left to like travel for a while and some time passed. And I then ended up in a very pivotal moment in both in my personal and professional life, which is also when we when we met, uh, it was such okay. a profound and meaningful moment for me. And at that time, I also met an amazing person who uh, was actually looking for someone to help uh, with their social media presence. So uh, we connected, we talked about it, and we just went for it. And she mm-hmm. trusted me, which I'm super grateful about. I felt anxious at first, obviously, because it was the first time that it was like my main, this was my main job. I was not doing something else on the side. This was the first time I was the expert. And I think I can say it brought me like so much, just also like supporting other creators and entrepreneurs in their businesses, whether it's, you know, learning from their experiences and applying to uh, my own social media or to other clients. And also, it has been super helpful, you know, to uh, take away some of the financial pressure, you know, moments where I was pivoting also uh, my niche. And I think also like, I like to call myself sometimes an introvert, uh, because that's true. (laughs) Uh, But I also think it feels good to connect with others and not work only on your own. Like I love working from home, but it's good to connect with others as well. So um, this was like, I'm super, super grateful to be working and helping other entrepreneurs and creators in their journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, But regarding like what you mentioned, like juggling between my content and their obviously content, I think the biggest struggle for me was time. I definitely saw myself overworking so many times. I cannot tell how many times I finished their to-do list to start just on my own. Mm-hmm. like my, my to-do list for my own social media. And I think it was, you know, obviously I didn't want to let people down. I wanted to prove that I was capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was for my clients, obviously, proving them that I was able to do that for them and also to do that for me. And now that I look back on it, it was also to prove that I was capable of doing it for the people who thought I was crazy to go in this. <laughs> um entrepreneurship adventure yeah, for the haters <laughs> yeah obviously um so but that meant like relaxing and time off felt like procrastination to me and so i think we can all agree that you know in today's world we have been glorifying having like a packed schedule and to-do list and exhaustion and it's so normal nowadays you know to to be yeah. tired and i can remember so many times saying to myself, yes, but I have to put in the hours if I want my business to grow. And mm. and even though I I think it requires definitely sacrifice, I remember that day it was I was just crawling on, on social media and so that quote and I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the line of I'm willing to sacrifice everything in order to achieve my dreams. And I mm. saw that and I was like, no. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. Like, I don't want to sacrifice my health. I don't want to sacrifice my time with the people I love, my everyday joy. I didn't want to sacrifice basically just my present for my future. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think 
I don't think it's a strong foundation. I don't think going against your values today is going to help you live according to your values tomorrow. And for me, at the end of the day, at that time, I was going at the opposite of why I started my own business in the first mm -hmm. place. So uh, that's when I realized that I it cannot be sustainable. And like if I have to trade my peace of mind and my freedom and my joy for this constant self-improvement and like quest and just growing businesses, that wasn't really uh, worth it for me. I wasn't really worth it to, you know, base my self-worth on productivity and achievements. Mm -hmm. And that was really powerful <laughs> because I think everyone, like a lot of us can relate to it on one level or another, I think at some point, or if maybe if business owners who don't relate to it yet, hopefully it's not in their future, but they might relate to it one day. <laughs> but it's so interesting because circling back, at the end of the day, your mission was to talk about wellness and presence and things like that. And so it's so important to touch on the fact that you sat down and you actually did like a values audit. That's what I really like that you sat down and did a values audit for you and what would be aligned for your business. And that's kind of what you talked about in our one on one about toxic self improvement really resonated with me because it's not always about business like values like yes in some cases it certainly is but for you you also had your wellness routine that was super important to you and all of that building on top of each other it all becomes like to-dos instead of like want-tos kind of and so I just wanted to point that out to anybody listening that if you're kind of feeling in a similar situation at the end of the day you're starting a business because you want a better relationship with your time and with yourself, not a worse one. So I think it's just such a powerful story. Yeah, totally. And and I think, you know, because it's supposed to be self-care and, and self-love, I think we we also tend to, you know, overpack that to-do list. Like I hate having a to-do list for my mm -hmm. self-care. Uh, and when I talk about that, it's more, I like to be committed to myself, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't like to be committed to my to-do list. So. Mm -hmm. I would allocate a certain amount of time during the day or during the week to take care of myself. But like you said, like coming back to what you need that day, instead of being like, I already know what I'm going to be doing in two days for my self-care. How do you know what you're going to be needing? Yes. You just have to play it also like to trust yourself to be like, okay, I trust myself that I will be able to connect and to know what I need. And that is probably, I think, one of the biggest differences with business, right? When you have this, you know, to-do list and you know what you need to achieve that goal. I feel like sometimes we approach everything included self-care as business mm -hmm. when actually you, you cannot, like there is no pre-done like to-do list. You have mm -hmm. to simply think about what feels good that day. Yep. You just seriously like spoke so much to my soul because I remember like having this epiphany or a similar epiphany one day as an entrepreneur. I realized I was constantly trying to do the traditional self-care thing, you know, which was like, wake up at 5 a.m. and make your green smoothie and exercise before you work. And I thought that was self-care because that's what I was being told was self-care. And you just, you did such a good job of putting into words that the reality is Self-care is more about just being intuitive and giving yourself what you need 
in that moment, like or being present at least. Like for me, that list of things was super toxic. For me, self-care is sitting in a room that's quiet, doing nothing. <laughs> you know, as crazy as that might sound to some who need that whole list of self-care. Like for me, that's self-care. And so actually doing that huge list was working against what I needed because it was just exhausting me. So you did such a good job of kind of summarizing that self-care is really more about like being present with how you're feeling and then reacting to that and what you need and being intentional about it instead of like trying to plan it for the future, which I think is so misunderstood. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And I think it comes also, you know, with the cultural movement, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. self-help and just self-improvement has been the growing industry and mm-hmm. you know podcasts and books and courses I love all of that mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan but I think it also developed into like concepts and narratives that are pretty famous you know on social media like mm-hmm. becoming the best version of yourself like the heat girl you know uh, we mm-hmm. can think of many more But I think this became like this cultural movement Mm -hmm. and also aesthetic that, you know, we have been seeing and seeing on social media and and we take what we think is going to be good for us based on what is good for other people. But Mm -hmm. I think we both really love that idea that there is no one size fits all. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So it's super important to go back to, to you and to to take the time to get to know yourself like it's mm-hmm. it's super weird like I was actually just struggling a little bit lately to find my presence and this serenity in the things that I, I used to love doing and I told uh, my boyfriend the other day I was like you know what I actually want to do this thing I was doing when I was a child it was like painting by numbers and he was like what oh. do you mean and <laughs> I bought like this small canvas, like paint by number thing. Mm-hmm. And I've been having the best time of my life. <laughs> Decompressing with my numbers and, you know, like not having to also be creative, like creating mm-hmm. for, like for the creation. Like, mm-hmm. I like the fact that I just can unplug my brain and just follow the numbers. I don't have to think about what I'm going to be doing. I know, mm-hmm. like, it's just all laid out for me. And so sometimes it's like readjusting also, you know, like what feels good for you right now might evolve in the future. Mm -hmm. I had such a similar experience because I've been like drawing and coloring a lot and I realized how much that's been doing for me. And it's true, like in the past, that's not something that I would have gone to, but now it's something that's been like extremely therapeutic. So it is going to be ever changing. And again, just like adapting to what you're doing. So is there any one way that you kind of maybe got yourself out of this toxic relationship with self-improvement or kind of realized that it was even something you were struggling with? Yeah. So I think, you know, everything starts with the mind. I think for me, it was realizing that I had created those unrealistic expectation within Mm -hmm. me, honestly, and this was not serving me at all. So I had to like rewire my brain. The brain is here to keep us safe, not to Mm -hmm. do what is good for us. So he likes when, you know, it, it knows what you're going to do. And so it reacts, the, the responses are more based on what feels safe than what feels good. And mm-hmm. sometimes good and safe are completely <laughs> different. Definitely. So yeah, it was starting to like rewire the brain and mm-hmm. realizing also, you know, 
that I was worthy and I was doing great at life without having to do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Stop disregarding my own well-being in pursuit of just self-improvement. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, that was definitely the first step. And, and then I like anytime I feel like, you know, I have to find something is to go back to the basic, like who I am. Why am I doing this? And also in this case, like what is success to me? You know, when you you work so much, you kind of lose track of why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I think what helped me was going back to, yeah, the basics and thinking also not having to take everything so seriously. Like I have goals and expectations, you know, for, for life, but I also like to remind myself it's not about everything is not about what I achieve. It's also about who I am and how I enjoy doing things without any reward and how I show up to the people that I love and in the world around me. And I think especially as adults, we take things so seriously. Like (laughs) we learn something and we want to master it right away, right? We don't want to go through the process. We just want their end results uh, because I think it makes us feel like when we achieve the goal, we're going to be worthy and we're going to be done. But I do believe it works the other way around. It's more about being than becoming. Yes, I love that so much. I feel like every time I hear that, I get chills, especially from you, because I think it just aligns with you so well. And it also for listeners, just for context, Aurora was like, she sent me a page of notes about her mission and about like all of these things that she feels. And I was so inspired. I was just taking all of these notes and having all of these light bulb moments for myself because I kind of, like we've been talking about, I realized in my head, the opposite side of hustle culture was self-development, like on a personal level. Like for me, I was like, okay, if I'm trying to avoid hustle culture, kind of like I said before, then I need to stop and like, you know, do all of these self-care routine things. And whenever I was reading through your mission and your notes. That's whenever I was like, what would the middle ground be? And being overbecoming is just such a good way to think of it. Because at the end of the day, even if you got your goal, like the one that you're dreaming of, but you were miserable along the way, what was the point? (laughs) What was the reason? (laughs) So yeah, yeah. totally. I think it's approaching things from a place of self-love. I think it's so easy, even with self-care to just approach things from like a place of like, and to think that I have to take care of myself because I'm not feeling, I'm not good enough. I'm not feeling good enough. I have to uh, do all of those things. I have to, you know, like do yoga each day and meditate and, and read books and listen to the podcast when I go walking. Because if I don't do all of those things, I am not good enough. And mm. I cannot tell you how many times I thought that I wasn't good enough, even though I was doing so many things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's especially for women and I mean, for men too, but it's such a common thought to have on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so approaching things from a place of self-love is is so important. You just gave me another light bulb moment. That's a really good point because I mean, I'm a really anxious person. So whenever I start feeling anxiety in my body throughout the day, I try to find some kind of band-aid or something like that to do versus thinking, you know, going internal with it and coming at it from a place of self-love, even just telling myself it's okay to like have that feeling of anxiety, even that alone. I feel like you just helped me realize taking a moment to do that 
instead of immediately jumping into action on something that might just be a band-aid instead of a solution. That's really powerful. I love that. Yeah. And and most of the time, the most important thing you can do is not even do something about it, but just allow yourself to feel it and to accept mm-hmm. it. I think it's more about accepting who we are instead of trying to be someone else or growing into this perfect version of ourselves, which doesn't exist. Um, (laughs) I think we have to go back to less, actually. Like, how can I be less judgmental? And how can I accept that today I might not feel the way I I wish Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would be feeling and instead of trying to do everything we can to change that, accept that this is the reality for right now. And the practice of doing that is also it's not linear. Like sometimes it works and it actually is the anxiety or is the feeling that you are feeling at in that moment. Sometimes it doesn't, but it you know, it's just about the the journey and it gets better when you practice it. <laughs> Yes. I know that's the thing that I feel like no one believes until they, you know, figure it out on their own. My anxiety has gotten tremendously better, or at least the way I cope with it has. But I remember people in the past saying, like, it does get better. Like, you can train your brain to do it. And it just feels so impossible at the time. And especially because it doesn't necessarily work after the first time or the third time or even the fifth time. But if you really continuously do the things that, again, are good for you on a way you might not be thinking of it, then it's going to become a habit that feels easy or at least easier. At least that's been my experience. I posted about this on my stories the other day. I woke up feeling super grumpy. I was like, for no reason, pissed at the world. (laughs) And I was, my body was really, really anxious and like all of the things. And my typical thing that I do, not because it's good for me, but because I want to, is to have two cups of coffee right away in the morning on an empty stomach. And that's not something that would have changed in the past. If I was feeling grumpy, I would have done that anyway. But I learned after a bajillion times of repetition that something like a little bit of protein and some water before my coffee (laughs) could literally turn my mood around. But it was the fact that like before I wasn't giving myself the opportunity to learn those things. Because again, I wasn't thinking of it as coming from a self-care slash self-love way. Like I was looking for just band-aids and hoping it would get better. So yeah, such good lessons. <laughs> yeah, I wish there was more emphasis on self-awareness mm-hmm. than self-care. Like self-care is yep. super important, but the awareness is just the foundation of it all. Mm-hmm. That's such how a good can point. You know, how can you know how to take care of yourself if you're not aware of what you need? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the part that comes with so much of just self-work. And honestly, just growing up, <laughs> this feel, <laughs> this might feel kind of off topic, but a lot of content creators and maybe a lot of the listeners are pretty young, maybe even younger than 25. And I literally remember when I turned 25 feeling like my prefrontal cortex was like, hello, I'm awake and developed now. And I think completely differently than I used to. And so that's a challenge in itself is just, you know, I can preach it or we can preach it at people all day long. That self-awareness is the key, but it's going to take just so much inner work. (laughs) At least it did for me. (laughs) No, it, it did it. for yeah. me too. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Yeah. And and sometimes I think you you're doing great for a few weeks, for a few months, and then mm-hmm. it comes out of nowhere and it, like a storm. <laughs> you're like, 
oh my god I feel like I was feeling like one year ago and mm -hmm. I've done all of this work what's happening yeah and you start to you know it, it, it's such a tough feeling when mm. you feel like you went back to the pre self-awareness <laughs> yeah. and but actually that's just part of the process you know mm -hmm. like it is in everything in life it just goes down and goes up I like to mm -hmm. see that as like kind of like winter mood I feel like when I'm you know in this winter mood I feel more introspective mm -hmm. and reflecting I think those seasons are so important we cannot always be in our summer right if we keep yeah. with the analogy we can we cannot always have amazing ideas especially if we don't give ourselves the time and the space to have those reflections we have to have a strong foundation and and i think we tend to not like the fact that sometimes we have to slow down and maybe reflect more than we do mm -hmm. yeah absolutely every time i'm going through this kind of conversation with myself in my head it always does feel very like pivotal or light bulb moment type of thing because even though i've maybe thought them in the past before it's like each time you hear it, it's like oh yeah oh yeah it's kind of like just this extra little reminder because it's something that you have to actively kind of keep up with in order to slow down which is kind of funny to think about but there are tangible tools to do it switching a little bit into some practices and I know they won't be the same for everybody but I am kind of just curious to know like when you personally maybe find yourself feeling like you are slipping back into a little bit of toxic self-improvement is there anything you do to ground yourself yeah so it really depends on once again what I feel like I need that time mm -hmm. but I think for me it's spending time by myself is so important even more than the rest of the time taking the time to journal is like crucial like taking the time to put words on on my feelings mm -hmm. um and walk a lot is helping me so much that <laughs> might sound weird but this is always doing the trick for me when mm -hmm. i'm in my head when it's super normal even even though you you know you you take time to to get to know yourself and your feelings it's super normal to have still negative feelings you know we we are obviously like impacted by exterior factors and you cannot hide yourself from everything yeah um, i wish so when, <laughs> Yeah, me too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but when I feel those feelings, like walking for me is super helpful, especially by the sea. I'm super, I'm grateful to live by the sea and to be able to go on as many walks as possible. I think the most important is to find what works best for you in those cases. I know that, you know, like movement is definitely one of the practices that can really help and expressing your feelings however you want to express them you know you can scream or you can paint or you can write whatever feels good to you mm -hmm, exactly yeah that's like one point i was thinking of just to highlight as i did want to specify i was asking aurora what specifically works for her because a lot of people are going to be able to relate to that but then the minute she said like or you could scream into the void you know like something like that it's like if journaling isn't it for you something else will be like it's not the point of me like wanting to you guys to know that aurora journals it's more about the fact that aurora 
is introspective. She thinks about her feelings, these types of things. And like, you can do that however you want to do it. And that's, you know, kind of the point of this whole conversation. But I do know that for a lot of people, including myself at the beginning, you don't always necessarily know what you need to become more present. And so what I think is amazing is that Aurora actually has a newsletter that she sends out for anyone who might feel like they're relating to this conversation. So Aurora, can you tell us a little bit about your newsletter and who it might be good for? Yeah, so uh, I created this newsletter. It's called Soul Soothing Sunday, and I designed it to help you declutter your mind and cultivate presence. And basically, I just love to share simple, intentional tips to make your life a little calmer and softer. And I like to see it as sharing less with you, like adding less rather than adding more <laughs> to your life. I don't want that to be another email you, you know, you don't feel excited to open. Oh my God, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just love to share, you know, feel good rituals, inner wisdom, what my wellness journey. And I hope this will inspire you to just show up to your life with authenticity and, and self-love. Yeah, that's, I love how you're saying you don't want it to be like another to do in your inbox. Like, here's another way that you are not doing enough. That truly is what my email (laughs) feels like a lot of the time. So I really, it's like something we all need. We, it's so refreshing. And that is truly at the end of the day, that's really why I wanted to have this conversation with you because there's no one in my inbox who's saying that to me, you know, except you. So yeah, it's so and I important. Have, it's so funny. I have this note each time I start writing a new newsletter. Mm-hmm. Uh, my note is like, how can I do so people will have less on their mind after reading this rather mm-hmm. than more? Right. Um, and it's always my goal. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. It's It really is unique. It's like a breath of fresh air. So this was an amazing conversation. I've had such a good time talking to you as always. And if you guys are looking for Aurora's newsletter or her social media, I'm going to link it in the show notes so that you can easily find her. Thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. Of course, it's been a pleasure. And if you guys want to also shoot us a message, you can either message Aurora or myself and just let us know what you think about the conversation, what you agree with, what you disagree with, everything we would love to know. If you liked this episode, it would make my day to hear about it. Please don't hesitate to share your thoughts on Instagram and tag me at Gina Galliotto or shoot me a DM letting me know so I can continue sharing episodes you love. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the Social Spectrum podcast and leave a five-star review so we can stay in each other's worlds. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Until next time, friend.